I would like to dedicate my next few interviews to the children of the world, especially the children who have had learning challenges and may be a bit different than others in a very beautiful way. My first interview today will be with Miss Terry Brown. She is a teacher of children with Down syndrome on the autism scale and other children with other, other challenges. I will then be interviewing Cameron Moody next week, a mom, when she'll, where she'll tell us about her beautiful son, Austin. And then the following week will be Brooke Grove to talk about her children who are very unusually intuitive. So I can't wait to share this to you. And as always, I dedicate these to my nephew, Trevor Nixon. Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Hello, today on the show, I am I'm delighted and honored to have Mrs. Brown. Um, that's what the children that she, who she teaches, um, that's her name, Mrs. Brown, and I know her as Terry Brown. And I'm excited because Terry works with beautifully gifted children and she's, she's learned so much from them and she certainly has a gift in helping, um, helping these kids. So, so Terry, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me. Yes, you're very welcome. Can you tell us a little bit about you, about your your education, and then how you got involved in in working with with these children, and what um, what sorts of children do you do you work with? Well, right now I have a private practice, and I teach children mostly with Down syndrome. But I also have many um, other children with different learning styles, unique learning styles that I work with. And I also work with neurotypical children as well. Um, I've created a unique and innovative program which makes learning fun. And basically, I'm the, I have become the kind of teacher that I wish I had when I was growing up. So I have a lot of success in teaching reading, writing, and just making learning fun. I started out as an instructional assistant in the public school system and had no idea that it would be leading me to, to my life's work. So that's the short, that's the short version of it. <laughs> wow. Wow. So you actually have created the, the curriculum that you use with your kids? Yes. I create the curriculum, the materials, and we also have a very big um, online program now where I teach families all over the world to teach their, their children how to, um, read and write, and most importantly, just really enjoy the process of learning. I mean, learning right. is fun. It should be fun. If learning isn't fun, then something's wrong. 
That's wow. my motto. Wow, that is, so there must be a lot of laughter and a lot of, um, a lot of experiential stuff that you do with the kids just to make it more playful. Maybe experiential isn't the yeah, it's just word, making just making it fun and um, learning to teaching children that mistakes are, I mean, we, we learn by mistakes. So yes. there's really a mistake. And I think especially our children with special needs, they um, it's very hard to, to get through sometimes. And especially if you're using the standard school curriculum, wow. um, they're, set up for failure so when you make it high interest and you make it fun and you make it um enjoyable and there's it's effortless learning there's it's all success based there really are no mistakes and and then over time you know you just they just get better and better and learn more and more so it's really good and i hear you have a beautiful little garden where they can come into and um, sit and a, a fountain and it just, it sounds amazing. What ages um, of um, children do you work with? I start with, um, I just recently started with a two and a half year old uh. who I taught Down syndrome, who I taught to read and she's four now and she's reading very well and it's really helps bring out language too. So I start, and in fact, I was just guided to, to do that because I normally started at age five and then I thought, well, I'm very intuitive and I always listen to my inner guidance. And my inner guidance said, why don't you start with um, Liliana? And in fact, Liliana, her mom put her on the waiting list when she was a baby. And she came to me, to, they live in Irvine. So she came and visited me um, when Liliana was a baby. And she was just a beautiful little girl. And I couldn't wait till she to work with her. And I was planning on working her with when she was four or five. But my intuition was like, start now two and a half let's try it so i asked her mom and said you want to give it a try i have no idea what to expect and sure enough we did and she loved it i mean she just she soaked it up so yes so yeah. that's that was so and my oldest uh learner is 40. is 40. wow so and you know what? You never stop learning sometimes people will come to me and say well when when's the program over and i'm like you know what <laughs> as long as i'm here my doors are open where there's always things to learn and you can always build on you know, you just build on what you've got and write, learn to write more, um, read more, understand math more. I mean, it just learning never ends. Right. Just, just like for all of us, right? That's right. Yes. So is speaking of, um, when your intuition, is it a moment when you're meditating or praying or what, um, yeah, yeah. When you, when you kind of have these like messages, come to or these these this sense of knowing right that's a great question because you know in my work I had to like right away like I didn't I had never worked with children with special needs before I just wanted a job in the school system to um just to make some money while my kids were in school and maybe work at the school they were at so I could you know just have something to do during the day yeah and then I shortly I mean it didn't take long till I realized like wow I have a gift for this and um and I am divinely guided in this and I I'm going to be shown the path. So it's more of kind of like a little inner, like an inner voice or a little inner knowing. And it keeps popping up. Like for Liliana, it kept, it kept popping up. Like mm. you can teach her to read. You can, she's ready. And then I'd be like, no, I don't know. She's only two and a half and blah, 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 blah. But then it just keeps, then I just let it go. And then it comes back again two days later. And then finally I'm like, okay, this is a, this is a clear message and I, I need to honor this. So right. that's usually how all, and it will come with everything, whether it be like 
working in the public school system, like, okay, I'm, I'm hitting a brick wall here because I'm doing something that nobody's really ever done before. So that inner guidance will also tell me how to navigate around that and also tell me, Hey, you're on the right path. Just keep going and don't, don't let the obstacles get in your way. Right. Right. Wow. That, that really makes a lot of sense. And I think that that's also a beautiful gift to give all children is to let them know that it's okay to trust their intuition and their feelings because it's such a, it gives them a sense of, you know, inner, inner strength to, right. to trust that. Yeah. As they try to navigate, navigate this life. Um, so you, you talk about how you see the children that you work with differently than they are seen at school at, at a regular school. Um, what, what do you mean by that? Well, I think one of the, when I had started working with children with disabilities, um, is what they're, you know, the term that was used back when I started, Mm -hmm. um, it was very foreign to me. I mean, I really had to learn, I had to relearn everything that I've been taught about somebody with special needs. And over time, how I would start to look at, when you just, we're more alike than different. You know, yes. and when you when you see that and you really know that, it's like, wow, I, I see all your gifts and all the things that you can give me, and I'm so grateful for that, and and vice versa. And we're just all human beings. And I think when you can really break down those barriers, and it's just me and you, and me and my student, which is one on one, and and I have things to teach you, and you have things to teach me, and let's just drop all preconceived notions about what you can or can't do. Mm-hmm. That's when the magic happens. And that's, right. that's, I think people have a hard time with that. And it came to me easily because I have the, it's a blessing that I get to work with so many kids day in and day out. So naturally over time, I just, you know, learned this more and more as time went on. Right. And I know we talked a little bit about, um, just how do you see that they've come into this world a bit, a bit differently? Do you feel like they're more sensitive and, you know, because I've always believed that they're just on a higher, higher vibration. Could you expand on that a little bit? Your thoughts? Right. Um, Well, what I've come to learn and I'm going to share, like I've shared with you when we talked before, some very, very interesting stories but i think they keep i think all children all of us come into this world at a higher vibration i don't think our it's because of you know they have down syndrome or whatever the label is that that causes that but for some reason they seem to keep that longer than other children do yes and they, they keep that longer than than i did or that other you know that we did and then of course i I've heard all the moms that come here. We know we have lots of talks over the years and they say they see that in their child. They see that their child with Down syndrome has got is a little extra sensitive and they are talking to people that aren't there or they're seeing colors and they're seeing things. So I, I don't think I've met a mom with Down syndrome who hasn't noticed that about their child. Right. Wow. That's so that segues into some of the, the, the stories that we talked about before. And I'd love for you to, to start um, about the story about the little boy who um, was being bullied a little bit. Would you mind sharing that with us? Because it, it really is a, 
an amazing story. Oh, okay. And this is one of my favorite stories. And we're going to call him Maddie. Yes. Because he's a minor and he was bullied. So he just like want to protect his privacy a little bit. Absolutely. Although there's no shame in this story. You know, there's no shame in any story. Right. You know what I mean? But we're just going to call him Maddie. Now, Maddie has been my student for many, many years. And his mom came to me with a worry as the moms that come here often do. She said, you know what? Maddie has been, is being bullied at school. He's in a special day class and there's some bullying going on, but I don't know what the story is, but I am mad and I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Right. As, as all moms. do. Yes. So intuitively I just thought about it and you know, I, I love Maddie and I love his mom and I love all my kids. And I, I'm always trying to think of what's the best What's the best way to handle this? And it came to me very clearly that this doesn't need. Okay. First of all, I know that Maddie's feeling stressed because, you know, his mom's angry. He's being bullied. You know what I mean? Like all, all these influences around you. And then I told her, I said, you know, what's coming to me real strong is we don't want him to feel any shame around this because, you know, a lot of times when a child's being bullied, the parents will say, that's okay we're all different. We all learn differently. But I thought that's really kind of like saying there's something wrong with you. You know what I mean? It's sort yes. of just it's kind of justifying the bullying in a way. Like, you know, you're special and so I thought like how can we how can we handle this differently? So, I thought about it and I next time I saw Maddie for a session, I we talked and I said, "You know, I said I heard you're having a hard time at school." And he has not a lot of language. But he nodded his head yes. And I said, well, you know what? I said, the boy has given you a hard time. He has, um, he's got a little bit of pain in his heart. He's got a little, he's got some, his heart is, is blocked. So this is what I would do, buddy. Next time you see him, and I drew a picture, I illustrated. I illustrated him, the bully, and my student. And I drew two hearts and I drew, um, a line connecting them. So I said, when you see him, I want you to put your hand on your heart and I want you to send him some of your love and some of your, your good feelings. So that will help his heart. Oh. And my student, my, my student was like, okay, that's cool. So, and I feel good about that. So the next time I saw him and I had given him an illustration. So the next time I saw him on the back of his paper, all on his own, he drew a picture of himself and all his other special ed classmates, because I guess it had happened like in a music room and the whole the whole special ed class was being made fun of. Right. And then the bully was on the other side and he drew pictures. I just get chills yeah. thinking about it now. I've got all the all the students in the class have a heart on them. The bully has a heart on him. And there's all these rays going back and forth. And my student was so happy. And I said, are you feeling better about this now? And he's like, yes. And I go, is the bullying stopping? And he said, Yes. And he even wrote the name of the bullies. He wrote the bully's name over the boy. And what was interesting was prior to that, he wouldn't tell his mom who it was and he wouldn't tell the principal and he wouldn't tell anybody at school who the bully's name was. So it was like a total, total healing. And it was a, yeah, it was a perception shift and how, how can we, you know, how, how can we handle these things that come up? And, and then I, I had to laugh because the mom, uh, Maddie's mom and I are very good friends. And I think we had recorded some of this, the conversations. And, and uh, she said, she came in, she goes, 
you know what? I sent this to the school principal. <laughs> <laughs> like in, just, any loving mother would do. Yeah. And he's like, she's like, we're, we're, this is how we, this is how we chose to, um, to deal with this. And I think the principal was actually relieved. He's like, wow, I like this. Cause you know, instead of being on the defensive, like we got to punish this bully and we got to take care of it this way. It's like, what a great way to handle it and handle it with love. So wow. Well, but yeah, I, that's favorite stories and that is a great and that the principal was so supportive and thought it was such a great idea now i'm um, after hearing some of your stories now i understand why everyone loves mrs brown (laughs) (laughs) which brings about um a little girl and um well i guess i can use her name is emma right okay so many years ago gosh this might have been Emma is 16 now, and this was when she was maybe three and a half. She just started coming to me. And, um, you know, I've always been open to, always been open to and interested in the spirit world and yeah. such such things. I, I find it fascinating, and I believe there's, you know, a thin veil that connects us to, to everything. So um, my mom had just died that, I think, maybe a week prior to this session. And... Emma and her family, they're new students. They just, I think this might have been her second session. And so my door to my house, I have a window so I can see, you know, I can see who's on the other side of it. So they had left. And now keep in mind, Emma's three and a half years old. She has Down syndrome. She's not speaking yet. I mean, maybe she could say mom, but she wasn't, she wasn't really talking yet. Mm-hmm. So after they left, and this is my, I think my mom had just passed a week. So I was, I was in grieving, but I also she's, they were a new family. So I hadn't really spoken to them much about it other than, you know, my mom passed. So anyway, they leave. I look out the window and her mom's knocking on the door and I look through there and I look at her face and the mom's face is just kind of like white as a ghost. And she's like, um, um, I just have to share this with you. And I'm like, what? And she goes, and outside of my porch and still there on the bench is an angel. She goes, we were just walking, we were just leaving, and Emma tugged on me, and she pointed to the angel, and she said, clear as day, Terry's mom. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so that was so, that was so beautiful, and so like, wow. Um, and none of your kids you know, call you by your first name, either. No, and nobody, nobody calls me by my first name, either. So it was just, you know, it was quite apparent that my mom was in the garden right there telling her what to say and um, yeah. so that was very special wow. and what a gift for you right and then when and then her her mom and I would talk and again she would say this was not really unusual for Emma to to be seeing things that were you know that we can't see mm-hmm. and that was my first experience with um my learners having these kind of experiences and then when I would start to talk to other moms about it like I say, everybody would open up and go, oh, yes, here, let me tell you this story. Let me tell you that story. Right. So that was the first uh, experience like that here. And it was it was a wonderful yeah. one. And it was great because my dad, who does not really talk about such things or believe <laughs> such things, he, um, you know, sharing that with him gave him so much comfort. It mm. really it made, it was so comforting to him. Yeah. So the angels, the angels spoke through little Emma. Yes, yes. Uh, that's so it's so touching and just so comforting and and I think it, it makes or I don't think I know it makes 
even though that you know these things are true, or at least in my heart, I know I know they are true. When you have um, a child, or really anyone that you personally know, and you experience it, it's a whole, then you're on a whole different level. And right. Yeah, I'm sure your your dad felt felt that felt that too, having a, such a personal connection. And um, can you tell us about um, Tanner? Okay, well, that's this is a good one. <laughs> They're all good ones, Terry. <laughs> They're all good ones. Yeah. So Tanner, Tanner was um, a student of mine, and he passed away, I believe, coming on close to three years ago. Mm-hmm. So he was in the hospital for um, what they figured was just another trip to the hospital. Um, they admitted him, I think, pneumonia or something along those lines. But anyway, he... Um, he passed away in the hospital. The night he passed away, I learned about it shortly after he passed away. And I was in bed and, you know, of course I was crying and very sad and grieving and just in disbelief that Tanner wasn't with us anymore. And then, Oh my goodness. I, I, I'm just kidding. I tell, I've told this story so many times, all these stories and I still get chills every time I tell them. So I, I think it was maybe 10 minutes after learning about this. And I've never had an experience like this before. Never, ever. But all of a sudden I felt Tanner's presence. I didn't see him, but I felt him very, very strongly, like in my mind. And it was just a, the strongest feeling. And his face was so lit up and he's like, Mrs. Brown. Oh my <laughs> God, this is great over here. That was just I, it was so strong, like, whoa, like he was like, he was free, he was flying. He's like, this is the coolest thing <sighs> ever. And I remember thinking like being happy, but also like Tanner, could you give me a little more time? So <laughs> like 10 minutes, you know, I, <laughs> I think I'm supposed to cry a little bit longer. <laughs> show me this. What a so, gift. So it was really nice because, you know, he had a lot of friends that came here. So then we, ha- I had to deal with my own grief over this. And then I had to be like sort of the leader to all of his friends and the parents that come here. So getting that sign from him right off the bat made it very easy for me to um, tell the children and to develop a story like, not a story, but like, how do I tell, how do I explain death? To children how do I explain death and spirit and that all came to me very easy too I was able to make a, a sheet like I make I call them happy sheets where they do their sheets where there's a picture of a body and basically showing that we all have a body and we all have a spirit and that our spirit leads the body so it it laid itself out just for a beautiful lesson to explain what death is and then it really put the children at ease and it helped them understand you know what what death is about right. and and so then should we just slip into like the other Tanner stories while we're here? Yes, about, I know um, something about Tyler and Tanner. Okay, so um, the mom is in the process. Uh, Tyler, she adopted Tanner and she adopted her other boy. And so she, she from a foster home, has a, a teen boy named Tyler. And Tyler, Tyler was in the hospital to get a, have a sleep study done. And this was just real recently. And Tyler doesn't have a lot of language, but he speaks a little bit. And of course he knows about Tanner because they talk about him often. 
but he's in the hospital room and he looks out the door and he starts waving and he's like, hi, hi. And, um, then he goes, hi, Tanner. And his mom just was like, Whoa, are you, do you see Tanner out there? And he's like, yes, yes. Uh, so that was cool. And then when I saw Tyler at his next session, cause now I'm so like cool about all this stuff. I can just right. talk. It's like, it's no big deal. I'm like, Hey, I heard you. You saw Tanner at the hospital and his face was just like, Oh, you, you, you understand. He goes, yes, I did. I did. And he was very, he was very excited mm -hmm. that he saw, that he saw Tanner. Uh, but, wow. um, so interestingly enough, and I happened to catch these on video because I was working with, I was working with one of my students and he's a little guy and he's in his chair and we're doing our word cards and you can see he's looking at something and he's following something all around my house, but we're, we're focused on our work and I just, you know, keep going. And then you see him laugh and then you see him follow something all the way down the stairs and then next to him. And I'm thinking, so, and I had this conversation often with, with my mothers, like I don't, they're new to my, they're no new to me. And I just don't even know how to like, how do I say something to, to them? You know, how do I bring this up with a parent? Right. I don't know if you believe in angels. She goes, oh yeah, we believe in angels. And my son sees them all the time. <laughs> Thank goodness. huh? <laughs> right. So, so then I'm like, I mean, and I don't know, I, I don't know if it's their, their grandpa or their I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they're seeing, but this happened three times all in about two weeks with different learners and exact wow. same happened. And then it dawned on me. It's like, you know what? I bet that's Tanner. Yes. And I bet that's Tanner having a good time. And Tanner used to like to wear a cape. So I feel like he was up on the top tier of the stairs with a cape, making his beautiful little funny face, just having a good time. And then I think he was he flew down, you know, he flew down and he got down next to them because it was the exact same pattern with all three children. Wow. So, so that's fun. And then, then those things stop for a while and there'll be, be another patch where it seems like some things happen. And so you just never know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's so great though, that the moms or at least most of the moms are really open to this too. And, and I think also when you have a special needs child, it, it's just, like when you have um, well, a spiritual transformation, which can come about in many different ways, but it changes you and you are more, you're more open to these kinds of things. Do you agree with that? Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and actually, you sent me a couple of those videos and they are just magic just magic and if you if you'd like to share those you know on the on the website but i'm not sure we can talk about that later and then austin there's no, there's no, there's no really de denying it when you see that right i know there's no denying it at all i watched each one about five times <laughs> I'm like, wow this is so cool well and, before we get in, before we get into austin, yeah yeah a quick, another little story about a little girl that came here that's sort of in the genre of what we were talking about. And this one kind of, this one really, well, they all blow me away, but this one really blew me away. So this little girl, again, a new, new family hadn't been coming here very long. And we are up in my office on the computer playing um, a, a reading, a reading app, a reading program on the, the computer. She looks up and she said, who's that man? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe my dad, I, I don't know who it is, but let's, let's keep working. And I, again, so used to that, it doesn't really jar me or throw me at all. 
so then I called her mom or yes, I called her mom that night and I said, oh, I don't know if you're open to this, but let me just tell you what your daughter said. She's like, well, that's very interesting. Yes, I am open to that. So a week later, she calls me, make a long story short. She tells me that um, her daughter asked her, the mom has a little tattoo on her arm and the, the daughter said, what is that tattoo? She goes, well, this reminds me of my father who died, your grandfather. And she goes, do you want to see a picture of him? So the little girl said, yes. So she pulls out the album and she shows her a picture of her grandfather, the mom's dad. And the little girl goes, oh, he lives in Mrs. Brown's house. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the man she saw up in the office. And it was interesting too, because then when I, when the mom told me about that, all the pieces had come together. Like she had been going through a lot of mourning about her father and thinking about her father a lot. And so many things were going on. And this just served as a, another confirmation and a whole bunch of confirmations that she was getting that her dad is with her. Yes. His spirit is with yes. her. So, wow. So was, she lives at Mrs. Brown's house. And how did she, what did, what did she say? Just like, wow, really? Tell me more. Fact, yeah. Like he lives in Miss Brown's house. Yeah. That's, that's him. <laughs> I wow. recognize oh, That's, I just, you just can't get enough of these stories, you know, no matter how many, um, no matter how many you hear, Dr. Raymond Moody said this in my last interview about NDEs, no matter how many you hear, you, you still can't wait for the next one. <laughs> so, oh, I know. And it's, and it's, I find them very, um, for me, they're very revitalizing. Oh, because yeah. They just made me excited because there's 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 more to life than just the get up in the morning, drink your drink, you know. Go, you know what? There's just it just it just shows that there's there's so much more there's and so much more. So yeah, much more. we're definitely on the same page with that. <laughs> and Austin, so I had the um, opportunity to interview Austin's mom, Cameron. Um, and her, her interview will probably air after yours. I'm going to do it in a, in a series, but just to let the listeners know, but you um, told me a story just this morning about Austin that, that her, um, Cameron did not mention. Can you um, talk a little bit about that? The numbers and. Yes. Now Austin, Austin and his mother are very, it was such a blessing to meet them and, and work with them. And Austin there are something about Austin. Yeah. I mean, like, so there's so many stories I could tell, and I'm sure you guys covered, covered, you'll cover those in the, in the show, but there's just something about this young man. Um, so gosh, um, this one, he was, his mother was sitting on the couch. I'm sitting on the couch where at the end of our session, Austin's at the table sitting and he starts, he puts his hands on his head and kind of just starts saying 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 1, 1, 1. And we're both looking at him like, okay, he does not, he doesn't have autism. He doesn't stem on words. He's very, very articulate child. And his mom's like, what is he doing? And I'm like, I don't know. What is he doing? And I even kind of went over there to him and just sort of like, you know, here, wake up, or <laughs> what are you doing here? Get back to work or whatever. And my, I don't know. I feel that numbers have meanings yes. and I love And When you like, you see like a lot of people, they have a number and when they see that number, it reminds them of something. It reminds them it's a message. So 
111 has always been one of my favorite numbers. Mm -hmm. And when I, I use it often, I see it often. You know, I don't know. I just think it was very interesting that out of the blue, and he, he hadn't heard us talking. I hadn't, I hadn't shared this with his mom or just very interesting that he would be saying that number. So I kind of take it as a sign. I mean, I can't explain it, but it was yet another message. And 11 means, well, we looked it up and well, 111 means be mindful of your thoughts because your thoughts create your reality. And 11, it means spiritually, when you see the number 11, spiritually you're on the right path and that your mission, this is a, there's a higher mission and a higher plan for you and that you're on the right path. So I just, it was quite a, it was quite an experience. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm looking. digest that, but I'm, but you know what? I'm used to, I think a, a message came through like that from Austin, because like I say, Austin is an extraordinary little boy. There is something about Austin that I've never seen in any of my students. He's just, he's just, he's super special. Right, so, right. so it doesn't surprise me that that message would come through him like that, you know, definitely a, a light, you know, light being bringing, bringing things to to all of us so so with that um with all of those stories which are you know once again so not only touching but inspirational and comforting and and everything involved um what have been the greatest lessons for you from working with these children well the greatest lessons for me i guess um Patience, but not in the patience way that you would think. Patience with like patience with myself, patience with life, patience, mm -hmm. just just looking at the world in a different way. There's a different way of looking at the world and there's a different way of looking at people than maybe I had always been doing. I mean, I'm, I'm forever changed and I'm forever blessed to be working with these children and these adults. And um, there's just a, you know, I have to be, I, I'm very careful and you can never lump children with down syndrome and say like oh they're all this way or they're all that way because they're not they're human beings with their own personalities and their own ways of being but anybody who really knows this community um there is something special about them and um like here's a little here's a little example this this is a okay and again i, I really want to make it clear I, I want to break the myth that kids with Down syndrome are happy and joyful and loving. You know, that's just, that is, that's a misnomer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because, and parents don't like to hear that because they, they are people with emotions and you, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. They don't like that sometimes, but not all the time. Yeah. And I'm like that sometimes too. Exactly. I, they're, they're human beings first, but there is something special about them. And I wish I could articulate it. Um, completely and I haven't been able to yet but here's an example like I have I had two mothers who you know they you were you want your child to be age appropriate and it's funny that there was two stories just like this that came up at, with the children being about the same age and two different moms were telling me like my child got a crown and they wore it out they they put it in their backpack and they took it to school and how age how inappropriate is that you know, wear, be wearing a crown to school. And, but what, what, what I like about the story in both cases was they're wearing their crown. Somebody said, Hey, I like your crown. 
And they said, here, it's yours. <laughs> and that's, that's what I think. I think children with Down syndrome seem to be living in the moment. Their attachment to things isn't super strong. And this isn't across the board. You know, I can't, not everybody's like this. You can't say everybody's like this, but I just thought, you know, that's kind of my experience. It's just a, a sweetness and um, just a sweetness and a, I don't know. Right. It's hard to, it's hard to describe. One day I'll, one day I'll be, able, you, you try to describe it perfectly. Then you think of that one student who's not going to give you anything, you know? Right, right. Well, you know, I think you describe it very well just with your stories. You know, it doesn't have to be one sentence. It's just your experiences and your stories. I, it's, I can just feel it, feel it coming from you. And, and I know myself, I have a special needs nephew and when you spend time with them, and unfortunately, I don't get to spend a lot of time with them. He's in Indiana, but um, I just find even myself being a little bit more in the present, a little kinder, a little more thoughtful, a little, you know, ego goes out the door because they just, that specialness makes you remember, remember what is that it's really all about love. Yes, that is, that's, that is perfect. And I was going to think when I was thinking about thinking about things before, you know, prepping for this talk, I was thinking, yeah, the egoic part there. Okay. Their egos are good in the, in an awesome way. Like, Hey, I like your shirt. Yeah. My shirt looks good. And I look good too. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and that's good. That's how we should yeah, all be. You know what right, I mean? I'll right. be that way. But, ego, but the, 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 our, our more negative egoic side, I don't see that really too. I don't, I, I really don't see that. And that's why it's such a blessing for me to be, I mean, how, how great I get to spend my, the majority of my time with people like that, you know? Uh, yes. It's, it's like we talk about on the show, our, our children are our greatest teachers and wow, you've, this is, you've definitely found your purpose and your you're excelling. <laughs> You're so good at it. Well, Terry, we need to wrap it up, but um, is there anything else you would like to share or talk about that I, I haven't asked you? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I appreciate this forum to be able to share these kind of things because I, and this is actually my first time sharing, sharing these stories in a, yeah. in a public way. So it's kind of, I guess that's part of that that one, 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 11 right. track, right? Well, you know, this, and, and this podcast is for people who are curious, you know, it's not like you or I not trying to convince anyone of anything. It's just, it's just really thought provoking. And that's what my goal is, is to take a step back and really think, think about these things and how it can help us all be better you know, live this life a little bit with more, a little bit more love and compassion. Right. So, yeah. Well, wonderful. And Terry, if people want to um, find you, which I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you're, you'll be in great demand, but, um, and you are in great demand, I know. How do they, how do they reach out to you? Do you have a website or do you want to share your email or how would they find you? Yeah, I have a, I have a website and my email address is on that. So happy to learn.com. Wonderful. So that will also be in the show notes. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on the, the podcast because I know it's 
you know, it, it's a little bit scary sometimes, you know, talking about these things. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's just, um, it, I just loved every, every moment of it. So thank you so much. And you have a wonderful day. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at interviewswithinnocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you. Thank you.